Welcome to the Faith and Mental Health Podcast, where two worlds collide. I am your host, DeAndrea Bolden. Join myself and others as we have relevant, engaging conversation on a variety of topics that are related to faith and mental health. So be sure to tune in weekly and also to subscribe. Did you know that you can listen to this podcast on all major podcast platforms such as Apple, Google, and even Stitcher? You can even catch this podcast on my YouTube channel. As a listener, please know that we want to hear from you and we hope that you will reach out with feedback, suggestions, and even ideas for guests and topics that you would like for us to include. Oh, do you mind helping me out by simply sharing this podcast with others? Thank you, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. God bless. Hello, and thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, DeAndrea Bolden. And today, my guest is Vian Anderson, and we are going to be discussing Well, our topic this week is help. My divorce is killing me. And so listen, if you're going through a divorce, if you've been through a divorce, maybe even you could be possibly listening, could even be contemplating a divorce. This definitely is something you want to take a moment and listen to. And so um, I'm going to go ahead and yield the floor to Vian and let her introduce herself to the listeners. Please uh, go ahead and introduce yourself and let people know a little bit about you. Awesome. First off, thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here um, and share this platform with you. So uh, my name is Vion Anderson. I am an author, a publisher, and web designer, and I specialize in bringing people into online platforms so that they can have an influence in this world. Um, Outside of that, I also work with NASA Space Apps, um, and I help children get connected with STEM careers. So I love positioning people for purpose. That's just who I am. And um, I'm, I'm really happy to be able to talk about this topic of divorce. Um, for me, it was definitely a whole process, um, a supernatural one at that for me to be able to heal the way that I did. And um, I, w- I just want to be able to give people hope because it's such a sensitive topic. And um, if I can just help someone come out of it, I know that um, that they can they can be healed in whole. That's good. That's good. Because I definitely think this is a sensitive topic, especially in the church. Um, I know a lot of times people have been ostracized, you know, talked about and kind of looked down on. It's funny. I even posted a status on Facebook. I said, just because your marriage failed does not mean you are a failure. Come on. Pick up, chin up. If you're alive, God still has purpose for you and there's still something for you to do. And so a failed marriage does not define you. But I I want to get into it because I think I've never been divorced. I'm currently married. I've been married over 10 years now. And but I do notice some things and I, I don't even know if me and you talked about it. But one thing I begin to notice when people go through divorce, especially women, they immediately change their appearance. You know, they'll shave their hair off or. (laughs) <laughs> you know, they'll diet or they'll get a new wig or, um, you know, they go for a revenge body and all this stuff. And so <laughs> let's really talk about what, you know, let's talk about your healing, but let's talk about what is happening because <laughs> I, I want this to help somebody because I think a lot of times people think they're the only one, but it's like, no, other people yeah. have gone through it too. And it's like, if other people can go through it, you can make it, you can make it through too. But for yeah. some people, it literally, it'd it be killing them. I mean, they go through, you know, yeah. 
depression. Some people yeah. do the opposite. You know, instead of fixing themselves up, other people, their appearance declines. Yeah. Hygiene declines. You know, yeah. they get, you know, very uh, down and out, you know, emotionally. Yeah. And some people I've seen where they never really bounce back from it quite like you would think they would. So let's yeah. talk about it. Let's talk a little bit about your journey and let's talk about this topic. Help my divorce is killing me. Yes. That first off, that revenge body was so good. I tried revenge body. This didn't work. So <laughs> I've been snacking. I've been I like, tried it. it. Like my, my thing is for me, um, in my marriage, I was an emotional eater. Okay. okay. So, um, when I first got married and we were going through some financial hardships, I was eating, even though I, before I got married, I just lost like over 50 pounds because I was, I finally had like my, I finally reached my weight loss goal. Then when I was starting to date my, my then, you know, boyfriend, which became my husband, I ended up gaining it all back. Um, and then I'm emotionally eating because we're in this financial deficit. I actually saved myself from marriage. So that's going to be in this conversation oh, as wow. well. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I tried the revenge body thing, but being that I was an emotional eater, um, we also just need to get to the root of that. Um, yeah. I didn't, I wasn't able to do that, but yes, people definitely changed their image. I tried the wig thing. I was trying to, you know, do this outer experience. I pierced my nose. I did it. I, I did it. And I think for me, it was more so just trying to um, regain time that I felt was lost um, because, okay. you know, um, because I, I, I felt like I kind of grew up sheltered in a way, um, okay. especially saving myself for marriage. Um, I, I felt like I played it safe and playing it safe did not pay off for me. So okay. then I'm like, okay, let me just live my life the way I want to. So I believe that's why people get to that place of trying to do the revenge bodies and piercings, tattoos, all of that. Um, I think that's why they do it because they're trying to make up for lost time. Okay. Cause I, I always wondered the thought process behind that. And I've seen a lot of people go through that. Like some will like just shave their head. You know, I know I think Tamar Braxton, she made head shaving, pop, you know, popular. Everybody wanted to yeah. shave their hair. And so I'm just, yeah. I, I've always wondered what the thought process was behind that. So I thank you for sharing that, that it's more of like, hey, I'm doing me and I'm making up for lost time that yeah. I, you know, that I guess feeling like the time was wasted yeah. in that relationship because it didn't last. Yeah. So what were some of the other things you were going through mentally and emotionally as you were kind of going through the process and going towards your healing? Um, well, I would say um, the things that I, I really dealt with more than anything was rejection and regret. Um, because I dealt with a lot of rejection in my marriage, um, it transferred into the process of my separation. And I kept replaying the memories of things that were said uh, that made me feel like I wasn't good enough. Then um, I went through the process of trying to talk to someone from high school, this guy from high school, uh, because I regretted not marrying him and he gave me attention. And, um, and mind you, I, I went to school for ministry. I, I knew the word of God, but there was a void in me that I was trying to fill. So I began to talk to this guy. And, um, you know, I remember in my marriage, my husband said that he didn't enjoy kissing me, um, which is why he pulled away from our kids at the altar. And that right there hurt me the most in my marriage um, because I saved myself for this. Are you serious? Like, like, 
I, it just felt like a slap in the face to me, you know, I mean, we're friends now, so, you know, it's it's nothing um, bitter there. Um, But for me, when I was talking to this gentleman, and this is just me being honest, because some people will not talk like this, especially church people. Yeah. Um, So I, you know, I didn't have sex with this gentleman, but we did kiss. um, And he said I was a good kisser. So I'm like, oh, well, that goes against what I've been told for the past four years. And so, you know, I I was trying to fill that void and um, trying to feel like I was worthy. Uh, But that really just goes back to childhood wounds. And I feel like, um, you know, I had to, I had to, God took me through the process of dealing with a lot of childhood things in my healing process to where it made sense to why I rushed my marriage and uh, me trying to um, find that father-like traits in my husband um, trying to get validated by him, trying mm-hmm. to get validated by people. So a lot of it was validation and self-worth. And then when it didn't happen in my marriage, I had to deal with that outside of it in my separation and the divorce. Um, but yeah, definitely that grief. I had a lot of grief. I cried um, in my marriage. I went um, a, a while without being able to cry because I was so numb. I remember people at my church would say, you look like you are numb. You have no feelings. When you tell me the things that you went through, you're just numb and you should be able to feel something. Yeah. And um, when I came back home to Georgia, because I moved to Chicago, I left everything um, in Georgia. I moved back home to my family. I told my, my dad, he's in prison, but I talked to him on the phone, what happened. And my dad, uh, one thing he said, he said, it's okay, baby. You're going to make it through. I love you. That right there, I finally cried because those were words that I was wanting to hear for so long. Yeah. The I love you from my husband was what I really was looking for from my father. Yeah. And um, and God had to deal with that. Um, not saying that that's everyone's story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's divorce is different, but for me, right. um, that was mine. And, um, you know, I finally was able to cry. Um, I'm now a big cry baby and I'm glad that I can cry. I'm glad I can smile because I never thought I'd smile again. So that that's some of the things that I went through in my process because I don't want to talk too much. I'm yeah, I'm sure you have some oh, content no, here. This is, this is really good. And I think <laughs> yeah, this is really good. Yeah. And I think it's gonna help some people because I know divorce not only is it hard on people, period, believer yeah. or unbeliever, we don't really address it in the church. We just kind of, yeah. you know, ostracize people or will hold on to one person and then shoo the other one away. You know, yes. people feel like they have to uh, pick sides, you know. And, yes. and, and yeah. Let, let's, let's talk about that, please. Yeah. Because you listen. a lot of relationships that way. Let me tell you. I, I'm, okay, now I told you, I moved from Georgia. That's where I was born and raised and I moved to Chicago. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any family there except for his family. Okay, so when we went to this church I was going to, I've, I got close to a few people, not many. Um, you know, he had more so connections because he was in the worship department or whatever mm-hmm. um when I finally left because I left um because of what it was what was happening with my mental health but also because of the communication um that he loved me but he wasn't in love with me which was hard in itself another part of rejection um and I just chose to move forward and, and not to mention we are co-parenting from two different states um so that's a whole nother topic there but um, the church, the people in the church, they just started making rumors about me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, y'all don't even know why I'm leaving. Some people just thought I just left. 
Some people just thought I left him because I had another boyfriend in another state, which was the complete opposite. And I was very faithful to my husband. Very. (laughs) So, I mean, besides the separation and the kiss, but, you know, like, I was very dedicated. I loved him more than anything. I literally dedicated my life to this man and left everything, gave up my career, gave up my, my apartment, gave up my car, literally everything. I was well off by myself. And to give it all up and then, you know, have the church people um, create these rumors about me because, you know, I didn't have a high position because they didn't get to know me because I wasn't on the worship team. It really hurt me. And I tell you, I I was literally in a place where I didn't want to deal with church for a while, which which got me to the place of making those decisions and wanted to walk away from God. But I'm very glad that God brought me back. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I'm glad you shared that even wanting to walk away from God, because I think for some people, it is that painful and it may not even be so much, you know, your experience, like, you know, church people making up rumors and stuff, but sometimes it's just so painful that people kind of walk away from God. They don't even realize they begin to reject him because of their pain. Come and on. So, yeah. And so, but I want you to speak to um, the, the, the co-parenting piece. I think that's yeah. a big piece. Yeah. Um, we don't want the bitter baby mama to be absolutely <laughs> an epidemic in the church. You know, we yeah. don't want to hold, you know, treat children like a uh, a pawn on a on a on a you know on a in chess a game. game. Mm-hmm. You don't want to play the you know you can't see your kids and all that because right. you're mad or you know it's okay until he gets in a relationship with someone else or it's okay until you get in a relationship with someone else. How can you? I need you to, because I think this is the area where a lot, a lot of people know how to move on, but they move yeah. on bitter. Yes. That's they, the, they just move on bitter. They just bitter. keep it moving. And then now this guy, you know, you're going to torture him the rest of his life because of, you know, because y'all had a, a child and you mad because the relationship didn't last. What can you say to those that are struggling in the area of co-parenting? Uh, maybe angry with yeah. uh, the ex, uh, str- you know, I don't even, I don't even want to look at it in person. Yeah. You know, we even have to address yeah. um, kids because of the, because of the ex. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I remember um, when I was leaving, um, when I, when I made the decision to talk to him about me going back to Georgia, we communicated right then and there. Um that I would not be the bitter baby mama, okay? Because we have a common we have a common love here, which is our daughter. We didn't work out, right. but we still have a daughter that we have to raise together. And what really had to click for me is we're in each other's lives for the rest of our life because our daughter is here. Yeah. So we're gonna have to make this good. And it really takes for you to die to yourself. And and let me let me go a little bit. Um, simpler on saying that. You have to put your feelings aside, your personal feelings aside to raise your child because your child will end up bitter towards whatever parent is, you know, is the bitter one. Uh, Well, the one that isn't doing all the nasty stuff. They're going to be bitter towards that parent. And so for me, because my daughter's mostly with me, I make sure I don't say anything negative about her father Mm -hmm. to her or around her, okay? And that's just period. So whenever like, you know, people may want to talk about, you know, my ex-husband, you know, I I just shut things down. And you have to, you really have to uh, be sure what words you're saying, the conversations that you're having about your ex and 
and when you're when you are careful you're not sowing those seeds of bitterness within yourself so mm -hmm. if you're watching your words because what's about to say that our words can you know have our tongue has the power of life and death okay so let's speak life about the other person put our put our feelings aside so we can raise this child the right way so that's what we do we communicate we make sure that our daughter doesn't try to divide us even because right. we are in two different houses and children can be manipulative even at a young age they they can see what's going on so we communicate, we have goals, and, and we put ourselves, our feelings aside. Um, I remember when I thought he was seeing somebody else, um, like right after the divorce happened, well, well, actually a little bit before the divorce happened, I was like, my daughter's telling me about this other person. And I'm like, okay, like, you know, I could have gotten my feelings and could have, you know, said something. But my thing was, okay, let's talk about this because this is going to be a reality. And I, I'm very grateful that we have like a mature aspect. Not everybody has that. So I do encourage people to take classes on divorce and co-parenting because we did take a co-parenting class. Um, so we would just communicate like, hey, I feel this way. You know, my daughter bought this to me. Um, I don't feel comfortable. Um, if you do have someone right now, I don't feel comfortable because I haven't met this person. And mm -hmm. I don't know if this person can harm our child. And just communicating those things that you might fear. So that that can be a way uh, to make the co-parenting a little bit easier, which is communicating and just being honest and not blaming the other person. Because if you make them a target, then they're going to feel like they have to defend themselves. And then that's a, that's a whole argument right there. That's good. That's good. I, I definitely thank you for sharing that. I'm hoping, you know, that may help someone to maybe get a new perspective and realize, you know what, I got to stop being bitter. I have to put my feelings to the side and realize I have to do what's best for the child and not what's yes. best for my anger and, and hurt ego and, and hurt feelings. But I want to um, move past that. And I want to talk about, um, I want to talk a few minutes about, uh, it just escaped my mind, really life after divorce. Um, really how, when you really knew you were healed and just really getting that joy and that zeal back for life. Yeah. But I think there's a point where it's like, you know, the marriage, you know, you realize it's not working. Then, you know, you're going through the divorce. And I think that's like the, probably the hardest part for a lot of people. Yeah. But then eventually you've got to move, you know, you need to heal and move forward and, and start living again. So mm. let's kind of speak to that. Because I yeah. think some people never, I mean, I've seen women, I'm like, okay, Leroy has been gone 45 years. Leroy is not coming back. I mm. need you to put the cigarette down, get off the couch and go live. Some people yeah. never get past it. I've yeah. seen people get divorced and never bounce back, never get married again, really never date again. For some people, they just can't get past it. And so, um, and I, and I also want to throw this in here and that, you know, every marriage doesn't work out. It happens. Yeah. That's life. However, I do see where, it, I don't think we should be celebrating divorce, like having divorce parties. I'm not coming to a divorce party. <laughs> I mean, listen, if you're glad to be single, that's fine, but I'm not coming to a party with you burning up marriage license and marriage photos. I just had to throw that in there. But let's talk about life after marriage and let's talk about really um, seriously getting that zeal back, getting that um, joy back and really um, learning how to live single again Yeah. Um, because you have to reinvent your whole life. You have to go back to, okay, my goals, my finances, yes. 
my, you know, not to sound selfish, but, you know, you have to kind of, you know, hone in and focus on you, but you as a mother, you know, you and your child, obviously the, the baby is included, yeah. but let's talk about life after the divorce and really getting, getting, you know, getting the swing back in life. Yeah. So, um, for me, it, it's still fresh. Um, however, the, the, the zeal and the joy came back last year. Um, so it took a while. Um, it was a whole year, um, almost two years of the process of a divorce because we were in two different states and mm. COVID, it just delayed everything. Um, but I, I can definitely say that counseling really helped. Yeah. Um, therapy. Um, a lot of people don't like to talk about that, especially in our community. Um, they don't want people in their business and it doesn't make you crazy because I was listening mm -hmm. to one of, um, sorry, I was listening to one of your, uh, your videos and you were saying that ment mental health, like uh, you said something about mental health, like just because like you're going to a doctor doesn't mean that you're like going to die or anything like that. Or just oh, because yeah. you go see a counselor, it doesn't mean that you're crazy. You know, right. it, it, that, that's not what that is. But sometimes you need someone that yeah. can give you language for how you're feeling, yes. give you understanding of patterns and get to the root of some issues. Go let's go deep. Let's go to the soul. The like this, like divorce is a it's layers. It's not just like an overnight mm -hmm. thing. You don't just get over all those feelings, especially if you put mirrors in. You don't just get over that overnight. And so, if you can have a therapist or a counselor really guide you through steps through the process, that can make it so much easier. Because some people they'll just say, "Oh, just pray about it." No, it's not that simple. Yeah. It's, especially if you've never gone through divorce, and you're just telling me. To, to just pray, you don't know the pain of this. This literally feels like a death. There's a piece wow. of me that's dying. Wow. I had this identity, this ideal of how my life would be, that I'll spend my life with somebody forever and boom, it shut down. So now I have to rediscover me and go through all those feelings and memories. Now I feel like, I remember I had this prayer. Now this sounds extreme. I remember when I first went through the process, I was like, Lord, just erase my memory from the past four years. I just can't. I asked him to erase it because it was so devastating and I didn't want to deal with the trauma. But we have to deal with the trauma. We have to, we can't just be numb to it. And I think that's why people get stuck there because they're stuck in memories. That's how I see it. Like visually, that's how I see it. They're, they're, they're drowning in memories and they get stuck. They get frozen in time because trauma gets you stuck in a time period. It gets you stuck in a place. And so people are really dealing with trauma and they haven't really dealt with it. They don't have the language. They feel regret. They, they have all of these feelings of bitterness, rejection, all of that. So they stay stuck there. So for me, I had to get counseling. I also had to change my language. Good. I had to stop rehearsing those memories. I had to stop saying that I wasn't good enough and that I didn't want to get married again. Because you can speak those things. Yeah. Come on, you can speak those things. Then you create that atmosphere. Words you create that future. Words. You're prophesying to your future. Yeah. So you're putting word curses on yourself. So then you don't really bounce back. You stay stuck because now your tongue has created something to where you're stuck in a place. You're literally creating an, an atmosphere of failure when you speak this stuff. You stay stuck because of your words. So I had to break those word curses. Come on. Because I've definitely spoke some things. I was like, I don't want to have no more kids. I don't want to get married. I'm over men. I remember that. Mm -hmm. I mean, so 
I had to, I had to change my language. I had to get counseling. Then I had to, I had to love myself again. Now that right there, because I dealt with self-hatred for so long, um, that was a process. And I, I remember one day I was like, you know what? I'm just going to choose to love me. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to have this image of who I want to be and love that person and hate who I am today. But no, I had to love who I am today. And say, you know what, girl? Yeah, you you a little curvy, but you cute. You cute. And and actually be okay with where you at. Yeah, you're not a size five or four, three, two, one. But you doing good. Like, girl, you get your smile back. Like, I had to learn how to laugh again, surround myself with people that are positive. You know, get the naysayers out my ears. And that's what it was. It was a it was multiple things. It's not just one answer. It's literally uh, creating a new life around you, a life that 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 number one lines up with what God says. But you know, of course, I had to give my life back to God because I definitely walked away and I was done with Him. Right. Um, I gave my life back to Him. But when I gave my life back to Him, that's when everything started coming together because I thought if I reinvented myself, that that would make me whole. No. No, that's feeding your ego. That's not making you whole by changing your outer appearance. Yeah. But the work starts within. So yeah. when, when God started working within, then everything around me started to change. And then that's when the real healing started taking place. That is really, really good. And I see we only have a couple minutes left, but you really unpacked a lot. The regret, mm-hmm. um, reinventing yourself, you know, trying to, you know, kind of do it on your own without God. And even the piece about counseling, um, I definitely recommend that anybody, if you're on the verge of divorce, if you're going through a divorce, if you're recently divorced, or even if you still have not got over a divorce that may have happened years ago, I highly recommend that you take the time and go and get that um, professional mental health counseling because it can also not just help you heal from that failed marriage, but it can also help you heal from things that you didn't, other things that you didn't know that you need to be healed from. So that when you do get into another relationship, yeah. you will be the best version of you. Mm-hmm. I always say when it comes to mental health, you cannot do anything at your best if you're not your best. That's, that's marriage, that's parenting, that's working, that's business, that's ministry. You have to be at your best if you want to be able to give your best in every capacity. So I recommend the counseling because- Like she was saying, you know, for some people, that divorce is very traumatic. But just think if somebody was already traumatized from childhood. So there's more trauma. And so we have to recognize this stuff and realize the importance of getting that professional counseling. But we have to go. I don't know. We may have to do a part two because this was really, really good. But beyond, please take a moment and let people know how they can reach you how and how they can connect with you before we get off here today. Yes, if you visit my website, VionAnderson.com, you can stay in contact with me. Also, I have products. Um, if you want to learn a little bit more about my journey of divorce, I have a book called The Qualified Life um, that I actually wrote during my divorce process. Um, yeah, visit my website, VionAnderson.com. I can definitely coach you through writing or writing through your trauma um, so God can heal you. So yeah, visit my site. That's so good. That's so good. Thank you to everybody that has been listening. And for those that are tuned in, please make sure you go to www.themergeconference.com to keep up with updates and news about the Merge Conference that is coming April 23rd and 24th, 2021. Thank you for tuning in. Love you guys.